0: Welcome to GTSM. If we haven't met yet, uh, I am Pastor Isaac. Uh, I'll try to bump into you after the service if I can, if I haven't met you. Good to see everybody. Uh, a few announcements for you. We are going to have the Glad Tidings Student Ministries Golf Open. It's on September 12th. If you golf, I don't, but if you golf, uh, feel free to get a team together or uh, tell your parents. If your parents golf, they want to enter a team, they can do that. Uh, over at the Resource Center, over in the uh, big building over there next door. Um, Don't forget also that we are having a men's outing. Boys in the room, raise your hands. Y'all want to be men one day? You got to come to this event. Sorry. Got to do it. It's only five bucks for a student. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be on August 14th and 15th. Uh, I'm speaking at it on the 15th. uh, I think right after breakfast. So that's exciting. They're going to be ready for me. Uh, can't wait for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so come on out. If you guys want to bring your dads, it's a good time to say, Hey dad, let's go do something this weekend. Um, so if you want to go, I'll be there. It's going to be great. Um, following that also keep in mind, pickup today is in the lobby. So please don't run across the street. I promise you, your parents have not forgotten about you. (laughs) I promise they haven't. She's like, well, maybe they kind of want to. No, your parents haven't forgotten. I promise they'll come just Stay here. That way I don't lose you and then I'm sad. Um, also, don't sneak in the back door anymore. Whoever's doing that, this back door, don't do it. I'm going to be sad if I catch you sneaking in the back door. We don't want Pastor Isaac to be sad. Uh, so, yeah, don't forget that as well. Um, great to see everyone today. Uh, we are starting a brand new series. Uh, we just did a standalone uh, message last week that I said I wanted it to bridge the gap uh, kind of in August between what we learned about in uh, July, we talked about uh, pain and suffering and our problems. And then we're going into this new series. It's going to be called Goals. Everybody say goals. Goals. And it's going to be all about God's wisdom and uh, what, what God's wisdom is specifically for our dreams right now. Uh, as, as a student, you may have tons of dreams and tons of goals. You may have none whatsoever, but God has a plan for them and we need god's wisdom imparted in us to figure that out uh and so you know i'm really excited about it. it's a great series we're going to dive into nehemiah which is an old testament book uh and i'm just it's going to be great i'm really excited um question for you guys where were you on this last new year's eve do you remember that december 31st 2019 right what a what a great day we had no idea what was going to happen you remember that right (laughs) I'm going to ring in the new year, new year, new me, I can't wait, 2020 is going to be my year, Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, man, guys, can I just say straight up, like, 2020 is awful, this has just been terrible, uh, where were you on New Year's Eve, you remember this, right? New Year's Eve 2019, I was. Uh, my parents always have like this tiny New Year's Eve party for our family and uh, my sister lives across the country so she couldn't be there. So it was just me and Sarah and my parents, I think. Or I don't know, She might was she there, Sarah? Do you remember? Alicia was there? It's actually my sister was in town, that's cool. Um, Sarah was really pregnant, I remember that. And uh, we were ringing in the new year, playing board games. That's, that's kind of what we do at our family's thing and we eat a bunch of good food and uh, try to get ready for the next year. And I, I, remember, I remember setting a resolution. Does anybody set a New Year's resolution? Do you guys even like, Do you guys even try to keep them? No, everyone's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. What were some of your resolutions? Someone give me one. Yeah, back. Have you stuck to it? That's impressive. That's a round of applause for her in the back row. That is impressive. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else set any resolutions? Anything good? Yeah? Try to be more positive. Has that worked? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. What's up? Did you get a job? No. Don't do it. It's awful. Just don't. It's terrible. Joey, what was your resolution? Oh, did you do it? Yeah. right. All right. Uh-huh. I believe it. I believe it, sir. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Very good, Joey. <laughs> That's awesome. Josh, did you have one? Or James? Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you do that? Yes. Learn more. Have you learned anything? Anything more? A few things. Okay. Okay. Hey, there we go. That's important. That's cool. Oh man. I remember I set, I set two resolutions. I, uh, my first one, I wanted to read more. It, it, for those of you who don't know me well, I'm a huge bookworm. Uh, it, it drives my wife nuts. I, I keep every book. I hoard all my books on my bookshelf. Um, and so my, my goal was to read more. And I've done okay, I'll be honest. I've read, like, I think I've made it through one book a month-ish. So I'm at, like, book se- So I'm a month behind. I was, I've made it through, like, six or seven-ish books Uh, nothing big or incredible, just, you know, normal books, I guess. Uh, And then this is another funny one. I remember my resolution. (laughs) This is so funny. Uh, Things just come back to bite you. Um, I set this resolution. I I realized that Glad Tidings was starting to do the morning prayer services on Tuesday mornings, you know, 6.30, super early. And uh, I I remember telling Sarah, I was like, that's going to be my resolution. I'm going to go to prayer. And uh, so I went to the 2020, you know, the prayer sessions over there early in the morning, way, way too early in the morning, Um, and when I went to those services, I, I was praying to God, I was growing closer to him and he led me to become a youth pastor. (laughs) So, uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, so yeah, my resolution, it paid off. It it worked, it worked pretty well. Um, and, and you know, in the last year, some really amazing things were actually accomplished, right? There were some goals, some lofty goals that were set, uh, that came to fruition, right? here's just a few examples for you. For the first time, a kidney, okay, a kidney, like the actual organ, was delivered via drone to the Maryland Medical Center. Isn't that neat? That's so cool. Like, we're using drones to bring transplants to hospitals. Like, that's just, I don't know, I thought that was neat. Uh, Here's the second one. Gray's Anatomy, okay, Uh, Grey's Anatomy, the uh, super dramatic, silly show, filmed its 15th episode of its 15th season, making it the longest-running TV series on cable ever. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Think about this. There was an eight-way tie for the National Spelling Bee first time ever there's an eight-way tie i know that's that's like weird i don't know why that happened and actually i read an article about it It said that the kids were so smart the top eight kids were like so just incredible at spelling words that they ran out of words for them to spell right like so that they had an eight-way tie that's uh that's pretty neat uh here's one of my personal favorites i want you to remember this in 2019 baby yoda was created what a goal i love it oh man i love it that's so great uh and then last one there's there's a new treatment found for peanut allergies actually Uh, i don't remember the name of it it was too big of a word but is anyone allergic to peanuts in here real quick you are Oh, oh i think i knew that i think i knew that that's terrible man i love peanut butter i'm so sorry um well there's a new treatment so just so you know write it down um yeah so there's you know there's a lot of goals out there right uh and there are a lot of things to be accomplished, and then there's also a lot of ways for you to be sidetracked, right? For you to abandon your goals, for you to even just not even finish your goals at all. Uh, This happens to us all the time. It's a very, very, very common thing. Uh, Some of us, we just become lazy, right? I don't really want to do that anymore, you know? Uh, We lose focus. We lose track. We're like, you know, I've got a million other things to do, so this is just going to have to sit on the back burner. I'm not going to get it done. Uh, Sometimes we have other responsibilities, right? Uh, You know, I just grew my family this year and lost a lot of hobbies. (laughs) Lost a lot of goals, man. I was like, well, i got other things to do. Got to go change a diaper, right? Uh, And sometimes we just get stuck, you know? Life is just a drag, and, and sometimes we're just challenged by different things, and... So we lose track of these goals. Um, And this is actually, it's very common today. You know, I talked last week, there's so much just new information, easily attainable, ready for you at your fingertips, right? And uh, so, you know, the world actually tells us that like having goals, having long-term set plans actually like isn't a good thing, you know? Think Think about what the world tells you about your goals. Okay. It says if you're not good at it instantly, just quit. Right? Well, I tried that for a week, but then it got challenging and it took time, so I quit. You know? And the world's like, yeah, that's fine, why not? Try it out. It it actually says move on to something new because your hobbies are outdated. Right? You know? Well, I was really enjoying underwater basket weaving, and then I found out last week it's not cool anymore. So now I'm going to go be a professional nose picker, right? It's just like one thing after another, left to right, left to right, back and forth, right? Actually, the world even tells us you shouldn't have to strive to work hard for anything. Think about that, right? Well, it's taking effort, and, you know, kids these days, we don't want to make their lives harder than it is, and you shouldn't have to keep trying for that, and if they fail, it'll hurt their self-esteem, Oh, our precious self-esteem. It even tells us if you do have to work for it, you've actually, you're actually being held back, right? We, we tell people this all the time. If you have to work hard to uh, get into college, if you have to work hard to get a job, then therefore it's actually holding you back, and, and you shouldn't have to strive. You should be just fine the way you are, and you should have no goal of improving yourself or getting better. It's what the world tells us and it's all a lie. Uh, These are all false statements that that do not actually get you to where you wanna go in life. So the question today that I want you all to think about is what are your goals, right? You get asked, this. some of you, if you haven't gone back to school, you're about to go back to school uh, and I know exactly what's gonna happen, man. That first class, 8 a.m., bright and early, teacher's gonna be like, what are your goals for this semester? You know what I mean? I hated that, right? It was was always the same question. It was always the same answer to the question. It was always like, get my grades higher, you know? (laughs) Like, I want to do better in social studies. Like, that was always the goal, right? Very easy. But seriously, if I were to ask you to go in depth about your goals, about where you want to be in life in 5, 10, 15 years, how you want to see the kingdom of God grow how you want to improve yourself, improve the lives of others. You know, some of you could share that easily. Some of you could be like, I want to do this and that and this, and I think I need to do this, and I think God's telling me to do this. And There's others of you, not so much. Maybe you'd, you'd have to just sit there and be like, Pastor Isaac, no clue, no idea. Uh, and some of you may not even want to think about it. You're like, no, nah, that's so far down the road, not even focused on it. And, and that's okay, okay? That's, that's fine, you know? But I want you to remember, our world constantly demands that you think and get ahead. You think ahead, you get ahead. When in reality, the Bible is actually constantly telling us the complete opposite. It's saying slow down, listen to God's voice, listen to his wisdom, listen to his guidance, take a break. Can I just, if I can just let you guys in into my life, I struggle with this so bad. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. I'm so bad. Sarah tells me all the time, she's like, Isaac, you're thinking 10 years ahead from now. She's like, we don't even have laundry for this week done, and you're thinking 10 years down the road. I do. It's, it's awful. It's really bad. It's, it's a terrible habit of mine. Uh, I think ahead, what's next, who's next, how am I going to get there? It's hard for us, if I'm honest, to slow down, you know? It's hard for us to go to God and say, hey, Lord, I just need your wisdom right now because my life, I know, is being shaped at this crucial time of, like, late middle school, high school, maybe going to college, and everyone else seems like they're flying, like, a million miles an hour and you know, maybe it's just time that I just slow down and I just say, God, what do you want me to do? It's a challenge. You know, as, as a youth, you are still figuring out who you want to be. You know? I, I, remember, being a, I remember being a teenager, I remember thinking, I have to know who I am. I've got to understand it, I've got to figure it out, uh, I've got to have this identity, Right? But as a youth you're actually just in literally like the first 25% of your life. You haven't even hit 50% of life yet. <laughs> right? I haven't even hit 50% of my life yet. And I'm supposed to be an adult. I'm supposed to be. Sometimes as a youth we find it hard to even conceive what the future is, you know? Right? My parents are supposed to have that figured out, I hope. <laughs> And and in fact, we might find it at times challenging to be disciplined, to like stick to one goal, because again, you're trying to figure out who you are, right? And that can change in an instant. And so it's hard to stay disciplined and on task for one thing. And on top of that, think about this. Some of you don't even have total independence over your life yet, you know? Some of you guys can't even drive yet. You know, it's like, how do I even plan ahead? How do I even have a a foresight into the future when I can't even hop in a car and go there? (laughs) It's a challenge. But, you know, keeping all this in mind, uh, I am convinced that you all, specifically, you guys in this room, can change the world. I I wouldn't have become a youth pastor if I didn't think that. If, If I thought you guys were. Lame and eating Cheetos, sitting on the couch, man, had no future. I wouldn't be here. Can I just just say that real quick? I I wouldn't be here. But I know that there's potential in this room. I know that there's a willingness to follow God and his plan for your life in this room. And so uh, I show up because I believe in you guys. And, And, you know, it all starts with how and what goals we set for ourselves in life. It all starts there. Uh, Over over the next few weeks, this is going to be a four-part series, and uh, over the next few weeks, we're just going to kind of address some things. We're going to talk about what goals should I have for my life right now? Where do my goals and God's goals intersect? And yes, they can be different. Mine were. (laughs) What what even then is God's wisdom going to tell me? How can I discern that right now? And then finally, how can I achieve some of this stuff that I want to do. Um, it's important stuff. Let's, let's see what Scripture says. Let's just dive right in. Uh, I'm going to have you guys turn to Nehemiah 1. If you want to do that on your, on your Bible apps, on your phones, that's cool. Or if you want to read a physical Bible, that's cool too. Uh, I prefer a physical Bible. I don't know. I just can't read screens. I get so tired of it. So that's just what I do. But whatever you want to do is fine. Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament. We're going to go to chapter 1, and uh, I think we're going to jump to chapter 2 also. Um, but it's real easy stuff. Nehemiah is, just to keep you guys some context, Nehemiah is this Old Testament book. Okay? It's in the Old Testament. What does that mean? It means that it came before Jesus. Right? Jesus has not showed up on the scene yet. And uh, so anything, I want you to keep this in mind too, anything coming before Jesus typically requires the law. Right? Because Jesus died, so that way we don't have to follow the law, and yada, yada, yada. And so uh Nehemiah is this cool book in the Old Testament. It follows up on Ezra. It's like a sequel. It's like The Empire Strikes Back. It's great. Uh, some of you guys are like, what's Empire Strikes Back? That's sad. Uh, it's a great movie. Check it out. You have Disney Plus. I know you do. Just go watch it. Um, and so it's the sequel to Ezra. And uh so it's taking place in Jerusalem at this time, and the Jewish people are struggling with two problems, two things. They don't know who they are. And they don't know what their goal is. And, uh, oh man, I say this every week, but how relevant is this today? People don't know who they are. They have no idea what their purpose is. They, they've lost their identity and their creator. It's true. It's prevalent. They're actually, it says, they're forgetting who they are and what they believe. And so they actually get conquered, and a bunch of them get sent into, into exile. God's people. They're all running around, don't know where to go. And uh, so after they get conquered and they get sent into exile, uh, this, this book takes place like 140 years after that. Talk about into the future 140 years. And so Ezra and Nehemiah, they show up on the scene uh, and they're there to preach about faithfulness to the Lord and how to worship Him because the people are forgetting their identity. They're forgetting who God is. They're forgetting how to follow Him. And so uh, the goal actually, like the Jewish people are all running around and it's actually their goal to all meet back in Jerusalem and then they've got to rebuild the walls to protect themselves. That's their goal. And it seems impossible because they've been scattered by the enemy. They don't know who God is and they're just running around. And so Ezra and Nehemiah show up and, and they actually say, don't forget who you are because of the covenant with Abraham, right? We remember that? God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless your people. Right? And if something actually happens to the Jewish people where they forget who they are and they figure they have this covenant with, with God, then that means that the whole lineage of where Jesus is gonna end up could completely fall apart. Right? So this is bigger than just in the moment the Jewish people forgetting who they are. They are actually like forgetting who God is, and because they're forgetting who God is, like The whole thing could fall apart and we don't know where jesus's line of dissension is going to be we don't know where he's going to fall on the timeline anymore and they don't know this of course because they're way back before jesus is even born but from us looking in we're like oh boy this is big sauce big stuff so dive in with me nehemiah one it's just going to be verses three through eleven i get kind of wordy with you guys so i'm going to keep it short today (laughs) some of you guys are like well how many words is he going to read verse three chapter one says, and they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The Jewish people, they're there, they're in trouble and they're in shame. It says, the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and its gates have been destroyed by fire. And verse four says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days and I continued fasting and praying before God. And I said, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love, with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray. He actually says, I pray it for the people of Israel. He says, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And this this is a cool one. He says, even I and my father's house have sinned. Right? Verse seven, he says, we have acted very corruptly against you, We've not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses, and remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the people, right? So God's people are being unfaithful, and they get conquered and scattered. Verse 9 says, but if you return to me, if you return to God, and you keep my commandments and do them, that your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen And make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power, by your strong hand. Verse 11, O Lord, let delight—oh, no, I'm sorry. He says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. I want you to hear this, too. He says—he closes this. This is just funny. He says, now I was the cupbearer to the king, Right? So Ezra, this is funny, or Ezra, Nehemiah. Nehemiah is praying, and he's like, God, like, please redeem us. Please help us. Like, We've got to fix this. We've got to figure out a way to accomplish this goal. And then he goes, also, this is my job. <laughs> That's just funny. I don't know. just weird. So what do we learn here in verses 3 through 11? Eight verses. We know that God's people had a sin problem, right? Even Nehemiah, the guy who's supposed to show up and preach about God's Word and, and hopefully usher the people into fixing this huge problem that they have, even he is like, I've got a sin problem. He actually says my father's house, so like whole family got issues, and all his people have issues. And can I just say, sometimes it feels this way for us, you know? It's just like We fall into sin, we lose sight of our goals, we don't know where to go, we're scattered. And so, in Nehemiah, just like we are, the people are being called to remember who they are and get back to their goals. Nehemiah is saying, Listen, we've got problems, we've got sin, we've got addiction, we've got hurt, we've got all these issues. And so it's time that we come back and we get back to our goal because God's given us a purpose and we've got to get on that. This is, this is just neat to think about. Nehemiah, despite his sinful nature and then also the fact that, again, his job, he's the cupbearer of the king, right which means that he works for the government that tore up his people and displaced them. So like, not only is he a sinner, but he also works for the enemy. Despite that status, despite the way he was living his life, He's called to step up and help his people attain the goal. We're called to do this every single time. Adult, student, young, old, black, white, doesn't matter. Sinful, not sinful. We're called to help our people attain God's goals for their lives. And in fact, we're called ourselves to attain God's goals for our lives. So, then we skip ahead a little bit, and we, and we go to Nehemiah 2. It's, it's just like, it's literally on the same page in my Bible, I don't know why. In uh, the first eight verses of Nehemiah, so 1 through 8, and then verses 11 through 18, it really highlights what Nehemiah's goal is right now, right? I've been kind of screaming that at you, like, Nehemiah's got this goal, we've got to figure it out. And so, verses 1 through 8 says, in the month of Nisan, not the car, but the month of Nisan, I don't know what that is, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, that's a weird name, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and I gave it to the king. Nehemiah's doing his job. He's the cupbearer. Now I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, why is your face sad? You're not sick. This is nothing but sadness of the heart. And it says, then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Uh, Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins? and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Nehemiah sees a huge problem, and, and it bothers him so much. It says in, in chapter 1 that he was like weeping and mourning to God, but then on top of that, now it's affecting his work performance, right? You know, he goes into his work performance evaluation, and the king's like, you're sad, man. What's, what's your problem? And he's like, I'm heartbroken, man. Home is destroyed. I've got this big problem. So it says, verse 4, then the king said to me, what are you requesting? What do you want? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Can I say that again? The king said, what do you want? And so Nehemiah prayed. He was like, Lord, I need some wisdom. Hit me with it. So verse 5 says, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you would send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, so I can rebuild it. Verse 6, and the king said to me, uh, the queen was sitting beside him, how long will you be gone, and when will you return? So, you know, we're assuming he told the king, and the king was pleased by it. So, 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 the, so it pleased the king to send me when I would given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. Uh, and verse 8, and a letter to Asaph, the letter of the king's force, that he may give me timber To make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city for the house that i should occupy and the king granted me what i asked for the good hand of my god was upon me it's first eight verses can uh, just pausing right here this is so neat you know nehemiah has this huge issue and he's looking at his circumstance he's like i work for the enemy uh you know my people are scattered they're destroyed and I'm really, really sad about it. And the king takes notice. And we don't know if the king is a Christian or not, right? We, he's, like, we don't know if he's a Jew or not, whatever, right? But we're assuming he's the enemy. So even in the face of his enemies, God grants him what he needed to accomplish the goal. In fact, he took his circumstance working for the enemy, and he uses that right he says like grant me these letters so i can pass through and give me permission to take some wood from this other guy over here so i can build up the walls and i can build up the temple again he used his circumstance to accomplish god's goal and most importantly remember that verse i think it was like verse five or six he was like said nehemiah prayed he asked god for his wisdom pretty important and then if you flip over to 11 through 18 uh this is cool. This section is called, Nehemiah inspects Jerusalem's walls. Right? So Nehemiah's looking at the area that they've got to fix. It says, So I went to Jerusalem and I was there for three days. Then I rose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me, but the one on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring. That's cool. Valley gate to the dragon spring. That's intimidating. And to the dung gate. Ugh. The Dung Gate. That just sounds disgusting. Uh, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem, broken down, its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate, to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley, and I inspected the wall, and I turned back, and so returned. Verse 16 And the official did not know where I had gone or what I was doing. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials. And the rest who were to do the work. And then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. Let's rise up and build, let's get this thing done. Um, you know, can we just? <laughs> this is just so cool. Jerusalem has been destroyed, okay? Like their home is just obliterated, right? That whole like section there is just him like looking over here, and oh, there's some damage over here, and McGalliard's torn up, and Tillotson's a mess, and uh, they took out the Starbucks, you know, and they blew up the student ministry center. You know, like, like what if we're in Nehemiah's shoes and like this is Muncie, right? Like this is our home, you know, and it just gets obliterated. And this is a daunting task. Imagine like God tells you one day, hey, you have to rebuild your entire city, your whole home, the place you're from. Figure it out. But see, Nehemiah, he hears God's wisdom and knows he's got to accomplish this goal. God put it on Nehemiah's heart. He put an impossible goal on Nehemiah's heart. And so I'm just going to ask, like, what goal has God put on your heart right now? Such a scary question. Challenging question, man. You know? Sometimes I think it, it's, it's this weird thing as a youth where, like, you're trying to figure out what God's goals are for your life. And it seems so simple, right? Right? Like, if you're an athlete, you know, I can run faster, or I can score more, or, you know, if you're, if you're a musician, you know, I, I can play better, and I can honor God with, with my talents, and you can do that. That's true. That's, that's a fact. Uh, but man, what about the goal of, like, reaching the lost in your school right now, you know? I, I was just, I was praying, I was thinking the other day of all the kids that we've got here at GTSM and how great it's been to see some of them come back and um, I know we've still got some kids that are out kind of distancing and that's cool Um, I thought about kids you know what if they're stuck in like a crappy home life you know and they've been stuck at home you know Lord knows what they're dealing with and their only escape is coming to like student ministries or school you know and they have to go back to school some of them right you know and man, there are just some, some broken, hurting people out there that are going to come back to school next week. Your school, Wapahani, Cowan, Burris, Delta, Westo, I'm going to forget some others, but there's a bunch of others, Central, Yorktown, a few others. There's a lot of hurting kids that are going to come back. And it's easy for us, like right now, to get caught up in like, my goal is to do this and this and this, and it's all the superficial stuff, and that's fine, but like there's some kids who really need Jesus this year, you know? I don't know. I just think about that. What's what's the goal that God's put on your heart? Super challenging. Uh, You know, verse 5 in chapter 2, Nehemiah says, let me rebuild it. He shows up. He says, let me rebuild it. Don't know how I'm going to do it. You know, I'm sure Nehemiah was not an architect. <laughs> you know? And chapter three goes on. We'll get into chapter three through the rest of this series. We're not going to do it today. But uh, chapter three goes on. And basically, it's actually just a list of every person who shows up to help him build it. It's kind of cool to read. And, and we'll get to that. Um, but just look at what happened to Nehemiah. He has a big goal inspired by a big, big problem. Huge issue. People are scattered. Cities blown up. And 140 years after the fact, right? This takes place 140 years after their city's destroyed. It's like weeds are growing up and like nothing's recognizable. and the jews you know they're coming back but they don't know who they are and if they forget who they are and they meet in jerusalem and there's no walls to protect them they're going to get scattered again and we're going to lose sight of eventually what will become jesus's bloodline think about that like all of salvation for eternity actually hangs in the balance right here in the old testament it's insane There's also a spiritual problem, right? The, the text actually hints that like if they leave the city in shambles, that's going to be a sin against God, right? That would be them like telling God, hey, you gave us Jerusalem, you gave us this land, but we can't fix it. You're not bigger than my problem, God. And so they've got to do something, right? And sometimes we think this about ourselves, and we hold ourselves back from the goals of following Christ in our life because we're like, God, this problem that I have, this sin that I have, this issue that I have, it's just too big. But if they rebuild the city, if they fix the problem, it's honoring God. It's actually a gift to them. It's, it's saying, God, I see what you've given us and so we worship you, we honor you so we're going to build up our walls and we're going to protect ourselves. We're going to keep ourselves safe because we know what's to come from our people because we believe in you. Nehemiah wanted to see his people, his friends, his family, his neighbors turn back to God so he set a God-sized goal. It's huge. And the God-sized goal was rebuilding the walls so God's people are protected and God could be honored. If you want, you know, to see people turn to God in your life, if you want that, more times than not, it is going to be a God-sized goal, not a small one. You know, it it gets so easy. We treat meeting and winning the lost like this tiny little goal of like, I will get to it, maybe. Maybe if I just like walk through the halls, like if I pray over that person's locker, you know, Or if I, like, post this Bible verse on Instagram with my selfie, I hate that. Don't do that. Maybe they'll know Jesus. You know, maybe they'll come. But, you know, the goal of turning people to God, it's God-sized, and it's God-necessary. It's huge. And how do we know this, right? In Nehemiah, it began with difficulty. He looked at the task. He looked at rebuilding Jerusalem, and he said, Oh, boy. Oh, boy this is huge. This is going to take some wisdom. You know, we talked about New Year's earlier, and um, this was not just a New Year's resolution that falls to the side, you know? I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. It's a lot of fun. This is a God-sized goal. It began with difficulty, and I just wonder, like, do we have, like, a problem right now, this, this big goal, this thing that we want to attain that needs God's intervention. You need God to show up. I don't know. You know, we know this too because Nehemiah's goals began with prayer, right? It said Nehemiah wept, he fasted, and he prayed. He invested spiritually in the problem. He didn't actually even make a move. He didn't even do anything in these two chapters without praying about it first, you know? You you notice that? Like, the king's like, why are you sad? And he didn't even respond. He stops and he prays. He's like, God, need some wisdom. Tell me what I got to do. And it began with God's help. Nehemiah had an impossible task, and he humbly admits that his own wisdom, his own background, being the cupbearer, Jewish guy, Not enough for this. He had to put it all into God's hands, and I just want to know: like, have we put our all into God's hands? All our goals, all our things we want to do. So I'm going to close real quick. And what does all this mean? You know, I know that this is an old book, 2,500 years old, Old Testament. Uh, You know, it's easy for us to set goals that benefit us. And look for wisdom for things for us. It's so easy, right? And, and you guys are—you guys are multi-talented. You're more talented than I ever was in high school. But like, we've got like people who play sports. We've got activities, right? Like, I want to be popular in school. I want to get to college. I want to get a job. I'd like to make more money. And so during this series, I'm going to challenge you guys because I want you to go deeper with your goals. I want you to ask yourself: Are my goals deeper? than the surface level? Are my goals of God or are they of myself? How, how can I make my goals the stuff that I want to do of God? What is my goal spiritually? Do I want to make money and die? Do I want to lead others to Jesus? I mean, maybe it looks like becoming a student leader this year. You know, We're going to do that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come up here soon maybe it looks like getting involved more in gtsm on the worship team volunteering whatever i don't know and um i know the question of what are my goals for life is scary it's intimidating at this time but you'll be asking yourself what your goals are for the rest of eternity you know you're gonna be asking yourself that rest of your life what are my goals And especially you're going to ask yourself, what are my goals if we miss out on what God's goals were for my life when I was 15 or 16 or 17? So where do we begin? God's size goals begin with difficulty, they begin with prayer, and they begin with God's help. And this week, guys, we've just got to remember in this life, the big difficulties that you're going to face are going to inspire some God-sized goals. Let's pray real quick. Dear God, I just thank you for every student in this room, God. Um, I just know that you have, again, just created them with a unique purpose. You've created them to have relationship with you, to serve you, to follow you. And God, I just ask that you would just have your hand on our goals, on what we want our life to look like in 5 or 10 or 15 years, God. I ask that you would inspire us to do something greater, to do something for your kingdom this year. Help us to not focus on us, but help us to focus on you. Follow your leadership in our life. And God, I just ask that you specifically would grant these kids the wisdom to know where to go. Even if they don't know right now, even if this this seems intimidating, the idea of goals and life after this. I just ask that you just impart wisdom on them, God, and that you just bless them this week. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. Thanks for coming, guys. Good to see you.